Welcome to the world of digital sound. This is Ken. This is the Ken Burton Show podcast story. And uh, right, okay, I'm doing this at kind of three o'clock in the morning. And uh, I've had a few beers. I have to confess, I have had a few beers. So before we crack on with this one, we are going to uh, do the disclaimer. All part, none, some, maybe bits of this story may or may not be true. All the characters, none of the characters, some of the characters may or may not be fictional. It is up to you, the listener, to decide whether or not you think any of this is true. If it is, leave a comment in the comment section on the video and I will read all of the comments. We had some classics last week. Oh, it was brilliant. I love, do you know, it's a, it's a fantastic part of my day to, to actually do one of those podcasts and I deliberately then leave it for three or four days because I think, oh shit, people are going to hate it. And then I kind of look back on it and yeah, it's got a very, it's got a very unique audience. I think there's only about, there's a thousand of you, 1500 of you maybe. And uh, you guys just seem to love these. And it's, it's, I read the comments and I just think this is brilliant. If I am entertaining 1500 people, then I'm happy. All right, then I'm happy. And I, I will give you as many of these as you can, as you can digest really. But uh, this one, this one is, uh, oh, blimey. Why did, why did we think of this one? Okay. About two hours ago, I was watching TV and uh, there was a thing on about the craze and I was watching, you know, how the craze got locked up in the tower and usual bollocks, you know, about the craze. And, uh, you know, Frankie, oh, yeah, Frankie the, Frankie the voice, you yeah, know, whatever he was. And, uh, you know, they were talking about it all. And uh, isn't it bizarre that one of them was gay, isn't it? I mean, it really? <laughs> in that, in that time period as well uh whenever it was the 50s or whenever it was i think it was the 50s 60s amazing but anyway right so my story uh it involves the craze because this particular setup reminded me of the craze so i thought uh, okay let's record a podcast story because the the faithful will love a podcast story when i've been drinking because i tend to say things that i wouldn't normally say so okay but remember the disclaimer you know all these characters might be fictional and they're not fictional well they might be they might. <laughs> you decide and put a comment in the comment section okay whoop the chewing gum's gone in already okay here we go uh right now the story i'm going to tell you is about a guy called barry now uh let's just track back because the 1500 of you that will actually listen to this more than likely already know the story of my past but um the the, the the kind of the whole way that I used to make a living when I was a youngster was to repo cars and we were always on the fringes of the law we were never kind of well yeah we did I guess break a few laws but we were, we were always on the fringes never the heavy stuff but we were always on the back of it it's quite funny you know you see shows now like the Sopranos and you think oh wow you did that too <laughs> You know, you had um, you had bosses and made men, and you know I can really relate to that because when I grew up, there were these whole bunch of people that were like that. They were the equivalent of made men, and then they had deputies who had deputies who had various other people working for them. So we were very low on the food chain as far as that was concerned, as the regular listener will know. So, but Barry, Barry was um, Barry was a character I first heard about Barry when I was about 14 
and uh, Barry was one of the faces, and he was ex-Smoke, so he was ex-London, and he moved to Coventry uh, because he got family there, and uh, he was a fantastic storyteller. Right, if you got Barry in a pub and uh, you were bored, you say, Barry, tell us a story. And if you buy him drinks all night, he will tell you some of the brilliant, most brilliant stories about his life with the craze and organised crime. And I'm absolutely sure the whole thing was bullshit. I don't think he ever met the craze in his life, but <laughs> he was he was always like Mr. Gangster. Now, when I was a youngster, when I was about maybe, I don't know... Coming up to my 20s, he must have been just past his 60s, I think. Somewhere near there. And I kind of missed Barry uh, because I, uh, Barry Barry was very connected in uh, in the city. And he was kind of, he knew people who knew people. And he was, you know, they put him up in a nice house. And, uh, you know, he had a nice car. And he used to... He used to be a guy that would attend some of the higher-end meetings, but only as a courtesy because of his position that he used to hold when he was in London. So anyway, but, but so Barry was a, a true old-time 60s gangster and a fantastic bloke. I mean, really fantastic. And he, he, <laughs> he was so stereotypical of the London gangsters, you know. Yeah, well, I was down on the fucking mail, wasn't I? And I popped him right in the fucking head. He was like that. He was just like that. And he was brilliant. Brilliant to talk to. Anyway, so I missed on ba missed out on Barry because as I was kind of getting into things, he was kind of moving more out of things. And uh, anyway, when I, Christ, was in my early 20s, he moved to a place called Hunstanton because he wanted to go and retire by the sea. So he moved over to the East Coast and uh, he retired. We didn't hear anything about him until one night, right, we're sitting there in the boozer and we're having a few beers and we'd, we'd done a club the night before and a certain, <laughs> a certain incident had taken place in this club and the, it was, ah, oh, I will never forget this as long as I live. The One of the guys we hung around with he was the night one of the nicest blokes you'd ever wish to meet. He was never a bad lad. Well, he was in kind of the law respect, but he was <laughs> he was never a bad guy. You know, he wouldn't say boo to a goose. He wasn't a violent person. He was polite. He was chatty. He was nice. And the night before, he'd got a black eye from a girl in a nightclub, <laughs> which was entirely my fault. <laughs> oh god look I tell you, what was happening was <laughs> we were getting together um and we did two nightclubs right on a saturday night and what we do is we do busters and then we go off to park lane and uh in busters he'd met up with this girl and they were exchanging smiles and he bought her a drink and all this and uh, we said, right, are you going to going to Buster's? And he, he's like, uh, no, we said, you're going to Park Lane? Oh, no, I might hang around a bit. I said, oh, fuck off. Don't do this to us, for fuck's sake. You know, just either bring her with you or, you know, fuck her off here and meet her on Sunday or whatever. And he was saying, no, no, I might stick around. I might stick around because she's with her mates and she wants to stay. 
and we're like, oh, for fuck's sake, we were quite pissed off about it. And uh, I can't, why are we pissed off about it? I can't remember why we were so pissed off. Anyway, we're, maybe we were staying at his place, I don't know. But um, anyway, uh, she went for a piss and she came out and uh, I kind of deliberately stood outside the ladies' toilets with my mate saying, oh, um, have you seen such and such? He's pulled like he's pulled a slag for the night. And she was obviously within earshot, and she knew who we were. She knew we were hanging around with him. So, oh, yeah, he's just been bragging about he's, how he's going to fuck her and her mate. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I thought she'd just go over and call him a pig and walk away. She went over there and smacked him in the eye. Oh, Jesus. She punched him so hard that it knocked him off a bar stool. <laughs> And then she walked away, and he's saying, to, you know, we're going, oh, what happened, what happened? He's going, I don't know, she just went fucking mental. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, anyway, <laughs> this Sunday, right, we're, we're kind of sat around, and he's trying to make head or tail of what's happened the night before, and we're all pleading ignorance, and, because uh, we all know what we've done, and we, we're like, we're pissing it between ourselves. And he knows that we know something. <laughs> anyway, didn't matter. So somebody walked in and said, um, uh, he, t he came over to us. Now, he was a connected guy. He wasn't, um, and I, I hate to use the word made man, because when I use the kind of soprano terms, people come up to me and uh, or people will message me and say, oh, you've just fucking, that's bullshit. You just copied that off that. No, I d it's not that. It's just that um, I want to talk about things in terms that people can relate to. And everyone's seen The Sopranos, so they know what a made man is. So, you know, it's, it's easier to use terms like that so everyone can understand. Obviously, we didn't say, oh, he's a made man. Yeah, he was never described as that at the time, but he was and uh anyway he came in now we knew him and he knew us he was a friendly sort of bloke he wasn't a you know it wasn't a particularly uh standard type of you know heavy end crook he was he was quite polite you know especially with us and he was quite jovial and was quite chatty he never got ideas above his station always kept fairly down to earth anyway so he came up to us and said uh are you boys up for a job this week and uh, we said, well, yeah, what do you, what do you need? And he said, well, we got a bit, <laughs> we got a bit of a problem. And we said, like, yeah, okay, we're all ears. And he said, well, it's Barry. So, well, what about Barry? So, well, Barry's got himself in stuck, right? Because he's, um, he's apparently mouthed off to some people and upset some guy. And it, he's a bit worried that, you know, without backup, he's going to have a problem and he wants to go and face this guy down. And we we really haven't got fucking time for it. And, you know, we can't be bothered, to be frank. So is there any chance that you guys can, like, you know, take a couple of hundred quid a piece and go and uh, just got, kind of spend the day with him and give him what he needs? So we're like, all right, yeah, we can do that. Now, something else I need to tell you about Barry. Um... Barry, Barry, honestly, in his own head or in reality, we never knew. He absolutely convinced himself he was like the gangster. And uh, I remember uh, one night with Barry, right? We'd, we had turned up at my mate's flat. 
and he said, oh, you know, I bumped into Barry. Uh, I was in a pub. Barry was pissed. So, you know, I, I like, took him back to my place and tried to sober him up and stuff. And uh, he did that. And then the following day, we'd all turned up to this guy's house and uh, Barry was there. And, and Barry's going, you fucking kids, you don't know fucking nothing. Now, as it happens, that particular day, we were all tooled up because we were going to the, go and do something. Oh, Jesus, why am I saying this? <laughs> so anyway, I got my fateful Sig Souser. And uh, the other boys had got their Glocks and, and whatever else they had. Berettas, usually, actually, not Glocks. And, uh, you know, Barry's saying to us, you know, you fucking, you know, you turn up with your fucking pea shooters, you know. I bet you can't even fucking shoot straight. And we got chatting to him, right, on this particular day. And he, he said to us, you know, do you guys even know the fucking balance on your guns? And we were like... What do you mean, the balance? And he went, yeah, that's exactly my fucking point. You fuckers don't even know the fucking balance on your guns. How are you fucking meant to shoot straight? And he went on to explain that the way you learn to handle a gun, the way you learn to uh, get a feel for when the gun is uh, horizontal or when it's vertical or somewhere in between is you get to know the feel of the gun at every angle. And he said, do you know what? He said, the old gunfighters in the Wild West learned a way of doing that. And he they passed it on. But you fuckers won't have known about it because you'll look at, look at it and think, fucking trick. And what he basically did was the old spinny on the finger thing, right? And you, you've all seen this in the Westerns where the guy takes his six pea shooter or whatever it is. He spins it 20 times on his finger and then sticks it back in his holster. Well, apparently, according to Barry, whatever gun you've got, you need to learn to do that spinny thing because that way you'll really learn the balance of the gun. You'll learn the feel of the gun and get to instinctively know when it's at the wrong angle. And that way you don't shoot high, you don't shoot low. Instinctively, you've got the right angle on the gun. So uh, anyway, it made absolute perfect sense to us. <laughs> Now, I don't know whether it was bullshit, complete bullshit, or whether that it's somewhere in the, the mists of time actually had some sense of reality to it. But as kind of, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, we we kind of sat on his every word and thought, fucking hell, you know. And he basically, you know, asked us that day, you know, who's got whatever gun? And we said, well, you know, we all use these semi-automatics now. So, so nobody uses a fucking proper gun. You know, six shooters and stuff like from his day. He said, no, we all use these. And he, he, he said to one of us, give me your fucking gun. Gave him the gun. And sure enough, the guy was a fucking cowboy. He spanned that fucking gun like you wouldn't believe. Put it in and out of his, his fucking trouser pocket. Pulled it, span it back into his trouser pocket. It was amazing. It was brilliant. It was like some out of the World West. So, of course, we all thought, wow, what a fucking brilliant guy this guy is. He really knows his stuff. So we all went away and started to learn how to do this. And uh, we all did the old spinny gun thing. Now, I tell you, what he told us was, you spin the gun on your middle finger on whatever is your trigger hand, right? And after... 
um, after a while, if you can break your finger down into three sections, so you've got the tip, the middle, and the base, you will get a ridiculously bad blister, which will turn all calloused and horrible as you're learning to do this. And the trick to learning to do it is to work past it. Let the blister come, keep working it, keep working it, and put it with the pain until the blister becomes like some hard lump of skin. And that way you can twist a gun till your heart's content. Well, of course, for weeks afterwards, we're all fucking twisting guns. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you would, you, I'd, I'd be in my flat, somebody would come round and you'd be like, oh, all right, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, I thought I'd come around here because I can't do this at my mum's. Oh, uh, yeah, spare room, help yourself. You'd go in there in front of a mirror and start twisting a gun. So, But, all, of course, all of our holsters, we never had holster holsters. We never had things that attached to our belts. Well, it's not strictly untrue, uh, strictly not true because some of us did. A couple of the guys had these holsters that fit in the absolute back of the belt. So they were right in the centre of your back. But that was really for smaller guns. Me, I had a, a underarm holster, a shoulder holster. So, um, you know, we were doing an awful lot of this, you know, holster stuff. And I learnt it. I learnt the spinner gun. And uh, a lot of the other guys did as well. Well, Barry had apparently... Um, done this while he was in fucking his retirement home and he'd been seen doing it, all right? Now, the way that we got it explained to us was there were some of his neighbours and he, he'd said, you know, oh, yeah, I used to be a fucking lag and I was one of the craze and all the rest of the bullshit. And uh, then he went out and got this gun because they didn't believe him. And he started showing them the spinning of this gun. So the local fucking mobsters who were kids, effectively, I mean, they weren't, you know, connected. They weren't real fucking placed guys. They were just like the local gang knew this guy had got a gun and decided they wanted it. So anyway, the, they were giving him a hard time about, you know, well, if you get that gun out, we're going to take it. And if you don't get the gun out, we're going to take it. And if you don't give it to us, we're going to take you out. And all this sort of stuff. And this is why he'd made the phone call. So, I mean, we thought, you know, well, fucking hell. All we're going to do is we're going to go up there. We're going to scare a bunch of kids. And then, you know, we're going to walk away. And Barry's going to be, you know, jolly happy person. And uh, we thought that was what the job was. And that was the way it was explained to us, to be honest. So, anyway. So, we're kind of, you know, thinking, right, okay, well, we'll go up on Tuesday and because um, we we needed to sober up on the Monday. <laughs> Monday was always getting sober day. Uh, so we go up on the Tuesday and uh, maybe we'd be and be and come back on the Wednesday. So, you know, we got ourselves sorted out. And we said, right, okay, well, what cars do we need? Do we need borrowed cars? Or, and by borrowed, I mean, obviously, borrowed without consent. Do we need borrowed cars or are we just going to take, you know, a bus or whatever? So... And one of the guys said, oh, it's not a problem. I'll get a minibus from work and we'll all go up in that. I said, well, it's only going to take, what, five of us? So fuck it. It'll be a breeze. We'll just go up there, scare the kids, have a good beer, have a play on the seaside, on the seafront, you know, have a mess around the arcades and whatever, do a nightclub, and then we'll come back on the Wednesday. 
So, sure enough, Tuesday comes and uh, we head off to Hunt Stanton. It's, it's only like, what is it, like an hour and a half away from where we were, two hours away. And we're having a laugh and a joke in the bus. And uh, we've all decided that it might be a good idea to take our, our guns with us. Uh, so <laughs> oh, bad choice. So, anyway, we all headed off to Hunt Stanton. We had an address for Barry. And uh, Barry had been called and told you know we were on the way so anyway we we went up there and uh we arrive in this street right and it wasn't that difficult to find and hun stanton's about the size of a fucking postage stamp i mean it's, it's only got about 20 20 streets in it or it did then anyway so uh we found it easy enough we drive down this road and uh we're looking for numbers and there's a group of lads, and they're, they're kind of hanging on this corner, and they're they're smoking. A couple of them are messing around with skateboards on the street and stuff. We drive this van down, and uh, one of these kids rides a fucking skateboard right in front of the van. And so, so one of one of our lads uh, who was driving, he leans out the window and says, "Get the fuck out of the way, you prick!" And this this. <laughs> This lad said, you want to mind who you're talking to, mate? Can be dangerous around here for strangers. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, right. So, anyway, we <laughs> about 200 yards down this road, we pulled up outside Barry's place. Um, uh, we all pile in and there's lots of, all right, boys, all right, boys, here, get a drink, get a beer down here, you know. And we're, we're having a few beers and we're chatting away with Barry, you know, and saying, well, Barry, what's what's the fucking problem? And he said, oh, we've got a local fucking uh, group down here that are getting really out of order and uh, they just need putting in their place. So I thought, right, OK, so so what do you so what do you want to do where where will we find these guys he said oh don't worry about it because they'll find us he said i'm i'm going down the boozer tonight and uh sure enough they will be hanging around on the seafront and uh i need to go past the seafront to get to the boozer that i like so therefore and then he went on to tell us about this lady friend he'd met no they uh, fucking hell so he said uh anyway you guys all tooled up and we're going, oh, fucking Barry, for fuck's sake. We're in Hunt Stanton. This is, <laughs> this is like, this is like, like seaside city, you know. This is like butlins on acid. The the place is dead. There won't be a problem, trust us. So, and he's saying, don't you fucking underestimate these fuckers, you know. So, right, okay. So, anyway, uh, Barry goes off uh, that night down to the club. And we all go with him down to the pub. And we're walking across this uh, kind of seafront and the sea air is beautiful and the waves are breaking and the sea is a horrible fucking brown colour that, <laughs> that is the seaside in the UK. It's horrible and it's brown. Would I swim in that shit? No way, because it is literally shit that you're swimming in so anyway uh we we, we had a wander down there we're going over the seafront there's a couple of arcades and stuff you know and uh we're heading out to this pub and uh there's a group of lads outside this um uh this chip shop and uh barry kind of turns to us and he says that's them i'm like right okay barry they all look about 12 <laughs> what do you want us to do 
and he's he's like oh, i'm telling you boys i'm telling you so anyway we went down the pub and we all went in and we had a, a good couple of beers we came out of there and uh we're walking back towards barry's house i mean it had been all right you know there's a, the, the pub was weird really i mean there were so many old people in this place it was unbelievable the, the you know there were people people playing dominoes there was there were some card games going on you know anyway so we left the pub and headed back to barry's house and uh we get onto this quiet bit on the seafront and there's these three lads stood in front of us and uh these three lads went uh oi and Barry went, what's your fucking problem? He said, we fucking told you. We told you. You deliver us the goods or it's going to be fucking trouble. And uh, we're like, lads, you do realise you're fucking 14 and there's six of us. <laughs> I mean, you do realise that, yeah? So anyway, two guys then come from behind these kids. And they weren't kids. They were fucking blokes and one of them definitely without a doubt had a fucking accent that definitely was not from the UK I don't know where it was it wasn't it was a kind of Russian-esque Lithuanian former Yugoslavian type weird accent and uh this kid said uh so have you brought us what we asked for Barry and this Barry went fuck off you little turd and this guy went, you don't speak to him like that. And we were like, are you fucking serious? What is this? And the other bloke kind of stood in front of the two kids. And he said, you made the promise. You made the promise you were going to deliver this to them. You, you, you neglect the promise. You do not give this to them. Why? And Barry was like looking at us and going, I fucking told you. And we were like, yeah, Barry, um, you failed to mention that some sort of Russian mafia-esque fucking dickhead was going to be involved in this. So anyway, of course, we'd all left our, our gear back at Barry's house. We didn't get out of the pub with a fucking gun in our backs or holsters on. We left it all, actually, we left it all in the van. And, you know, we, we kind of stood there and the, these two guys are obviously into something and we don't know what it's about. And we were kind of totally confused about the situation now. It had become from two kids to two fucking weird rusky guys. And we're like, well, what the fuck is going on? And uh, anyway, one of us, I, know, I can't remember who it was. One of the guys said, look, we don't want any bother, mate. Just fuck off and let us on our way and this guy went yes okay so today you walk away tomorrow you bring me my guns and i thought guns what the fuck is this about so we went on our merry way went back to barry's house where he very calmly explained to us that he'd been bragging about being able to get any weapon they wanted in any shape with a any amount of ammunition to oh for fuck's sake he'd been making himself out to be some fucking big man hadn't he these kids 
had told the local fucking mafia and that the local mafia had decided it was a good thing to source these guns off this guy. Not only that, but we didn't know that Barry had been short of cash and that Barry had taken a grand off these guys to supply them with weapons. That's where the whole thing got completely and totally fucked up. Barry was out of his depth because he thought that he could make a phone call and get a box full of guns up there, and he couldn't. So he made a call to his connections back in the city who had brought us there. And what the fuck were we meant to do? He had legitimately done a deal with these two guys. And fuck knows who these guys were connected to. I mean, you know, you've got all sorts of places on the East Coast. All sorts of rackets going on. We knew of stuff coming on, coming in from the East Coast from, you know, illegal drugs to, you know, smuggled people to just about everything you can imagine. And Barry has put himself smack in the fucking middle of this by promising these guys guns and not delivered. Chewing gum's just gone in, by the way. So anyway, we're um, in a bit of a quandary and uh, one of the guys decides to make a phone call back to the guy that had asked us to do, do the job and uh, basically explains the situation. And we were told very, very calmly, very politely, okay, get Barry in a car and get him the fuck out of there. Would Barry go? Would he bollocks? He didn't want to lose face. Now, when you look back to these guys from the 60s, they were proper fucking gangsters, you know. They knew no, knew, knew no fear. They were some very, very heavy hombres back in their day. And truly, if he was involved, if he was a fucking gangster, then or he was just playing the part, whatever it was, his pride would not let him walk away. And we said to Barry, what the fuck do you want us to do? Take him out. What do you mean fucking take him out? you got your weapons, take them out. And take them out and do fucking what? Take them out, throw the bodies in the boat. We take them out two miles, put them in the water with a block. Um, no. <laughs> we're not hitmen, Barry. That's not what we're here for. And we tried to explain to him that he'd fucked up. And he was trying to explain that he'd done a deal for a grand They'd given him a grand, they were going to give him another four grand, and then he was going to turn up with the box of weapons. But the weapons they'd asked for, he couldn't get. He'd offered them alternatives, they didn't want them, they wanted the money back, or the weapons that they were asking for. So it was a complete fucking quandary. I mean, the whole thing was up in the air, and to be honest, not our fucking problem. And we decided the best thing to do, we'd already, we'd already booked into a B&B, thought, fuck that, we're staying at Barry's. And we all kept down at Barry's house. Wednesday morning came, and uh, we made another phone call. And we said, you know, what do you want us to do? Barry's making all sorts of fucking noises about taking out these guys. We don't know who they are, who they're connected to. Are they on their own? Is there fucking 20 of them? You know, we don't know jack shit about these people. We're going in blind. What do you want us to do? And we were told... Keep Barry safe. 
we're sending some people up. And that was all that we heard. So anyway, we're waiting all day, you know, on tender hooks. We've all got our, our guns out of the out of the van. We're all told, we're all loaded, and some of us are even fucking cocked, you know, and we're ready for it to happen. Now we we had no idea whether or not there would there was going to be an Uzi flying lead through the front window of this place or what. We had absolutely no fucking idea. So we just hung around the house. Seven o'clock came and Barry's on about, we should go get a beer. And we were like, you are fucking jesting me, Barry, for fuck's sake. We walk out this door, there could be 20 fucking blokes there, all tooled up, ready to take us down. No, no, it won't happen, mate, won't happen. Oh, for fuck's sake. I'll tell you, I've been in some situations in my life, but fucking hell. That was just, it was ridiculous. I mean, it was... It was absolutely ridiculous for him to have put us in that position. But he thought he was a fucking gangster. And he thought, you know, any word from him, we'd do what we were told. He honestly, I, t- I swear he thought he was one of the crazy. Anyway, half seven came. Nothing. Eight o'clock came. And we see a van pull up outside the front of the house. And it parked right next to our van. And we thought, okay, here we go. Is this ours? Is this theirs? And bear in mind, we've got a guy at the front bedroom window, the back bedroom window, the back door, and somebody covering the front door. If anything had gone down, if the house had been stormed in any way, then there would have been a lot of lead flying in all fucking directions. Barry didn't seem to give a shit about this. But anyway, this van pulls up, two guys get out of the van. And they just stood there looking in the front window. And it was the two guys from the night before. And uh, they just stood there. Just stood there looking in the window. Um, you know, we were saying between us, well, you know, we gotta, we got to kind of come up with something here. And, uh, you know, everyone was kind of, you know, well, what's the out route here? What is the out route? Because... If we let go with the fucking lead, then we get straight in the van and we go. But we're going to get picked, like, within five miles of this place. We need to get a couple of vehicles and uh, do some changes. You know, head down the road five miles, change vehicles. Head down the road five miles, change vehicles. And then, you know, get the fuck out of it. And uh, we were looking on the map as to where, you know, we could go. And we looked at the route and there, there was a place called Ringstead. And we, we decided what we'd do is we'd head out to Ringstead get some vehicles from Ringstead and then fuck off from there. So um, anyway, we're, we're all planning this on the fly as to how this is going to go down. And uh, these guys in the in the meantime are just waiting outside. Well, Barry's, Barry's being a complete arsehole at this point, shouting out the window, what are you fucking waiting for? You want a fucking piece of this? And we are trying to calm the guy down. He's in his fucking 60s, you know? we're thinking he's going to have a fucking heart attack any minute. And we're trying to keep him calm. These two guys are still stood outside. And, you know, the the tension is getting just ridiculous. Next thing we know, a car pulls up. And the guy that was covering the front bedroom, he shouts down, it's... And I won't tell you this guy's name. Or even remotely 
fucking hint at what the guy's name was. But it was Abub. And uh, Abub and three of the guys get out of a car and they walk towards the two guys that are stood outside the house. And then all of them get in the van that these two guys are turned up in and they all go for a drive. Next thing we know, there's a phone call from a pay box. Ken, get your ass down to the seafront next to this place called... Uh, and, you know, bring the boys with you. And we're like, what, we're Barry? No, fucking leave Barry, just get down there. So we were like, okay. So we did as we were told. We got outside and uh, we all went down to the seafront where these guys were were talking about. And um, sure enough, uh-uh, and his friend and a couple of other of his friends had these two fucking Ruskies uh, down in a, a kneeling position, gags on, hands behind their back, uh, roped up, and uh, they just said, are these the two guys? And I, I said, yeah, that's the two guys in the pub. And they went, right. And they're kind of looking around, and they're, ask, they're kind of sort of, oh, yeah, we've got to get a boat. We've got to get a boat from fucking somewhere. Well, it's the seaside. must be a boat somewhere. So, anyway, two of their guys went off. And the rest of us were on the sand next to the seawall with these guys in the pitch black. And these guys were being talked to. Who are you with? Um, how many of you are there? What do you know? Um what's going on and uh, what they got from these two ruskies was that there was some form of uh smuggling thing going on what it was i don't know if it was drugs i don't know but there was some form of smuggling thing going on they were very heavily involved in it uh the two of them had uh landed at some local port god knows how long before set up a camp there and decided that you know they would take a boat out, meet up with another boat, and then smuggle drugs in, and or smuggle whatever in. And they, they were doing this and had been doing it for a long time. But um, they needed weapons because one of the things they hadn't got was a decent set of tools. They'd got handguns, but what Barry had promised them was Uzis and shotguns. And, uh, you know, assault weapons and all sorts of fucking things Barry had promised them. Oh, for fuck's sake. So, there was a conversation which went along the lines of, you do know that you are dealing with a fucking old age pensioner who thinks he's the fucking godfather. And these guys are, oh, we know another thing about this. We do, we know some man, he promised to get guns, we give him a thousand pounds, he does nothing. And we were like, okay, look, uh, well, these guys did anyway. If we give you the thousand pounds back, does that make it go away? Oh, yeah, you give us the money, we, the dog goes away. You know? And the, the two guys that uh, were pointing guns at the heads of these blokes were just kind of looking at each other. And then they said, I'm sorry, boys, we just don't believe you. And then the guns went off. They popped these two fuckers straight in the back of their heads. 
And I just stood there and watched. When it, when somebody gets shot, when when especially when somebody gets shot in the back of the head, if it's an instant kill, the body falls in a way that you really cannot comprehend. Because it's not as if somebody falls over. They literally flop. When somebody gets shot like that and they're instantly killed, they flop. And both of these guys flopped. And the noise from the weapons, I mean, there were, there were handguns, but the noise, I mean, I, I'm just amazed that the whole of fucking Hunt Stanton didn't come out and, and wonder what was going on. I mean, the place is full of old age pensioners. I mean, you, they're, they're the nosiest fuckers you've ever met in your life. I'm amazed that they didn't come out. And nobody came to where we were. If they did hear it, then maybe they thought it was a car backfiring or, t or two cars backfiring. Because the, the, the bullets were so, the shots were so close together. And in the interim, I'm looking down at two blokes who were dead. The two Ruskies. And they were just, they were out of it. Next thing we know, uh, an estate car pulls up on the uh, road which was at the top of the seawall. Now there was a there was a number of ramps actually, but there was a ramp going from the uh, from the beach to the uh, seawall. And uh, I was told get him, and one of the other lads was told get him, and we basically picked these guys up. I've that's something else, actually, that uh, I've probably never talked about before because it's not the first time it happens. it's happened. But have you ever heard the term dead weight? Dead weight is, it's an amazing thing. If you pick up your friend, if two of you pick up your friend to give him the bumps on his birthday, for whatever reason, it is really, really difficult. <coughs> to pick up a dead body and uh, it is dead weight dead weight weighs more than normal people and i can't explain that i can't you know tell you why that is but it is so we carry these guys up to this estate car tailgate goes up and we manhandle these guys into the back of this estate car uh the idea was i think that the boys had gone off to find a boat couldn't find a boat, ended up with just the estate car. And uh, we followed it in our van. We went back, got our van, the estate car met us, we followed it. There was the boys' van as well, that followed it. We took it out, and the, the, the area is just field after field. There's nobody for fucking miles. You could quite happily have a, a woodstock in one of those fields and no one had noticed. We took the car to one of those fields. Um, can of petrol in the car. And, uh, put a match to it. And uh, then we went back to Barry's. 
we help Barry with the aid of our friends. We help Barry to clear his shit out. We got absolutely everything from the place. And we all left. And Barry went in the van with the, with the boys. And uh, we were told just to go home. Which is what we did. Now, two days after that, probably a bit more actually, it's probably three or four days, we got a visit from the guy who hired us and he turned up with the paychecks. Uh, they weren't checks actually, they were envelopes. And uh, he gave us 500 apiece and praised us on how you know, supportive we'd been, how... Um, uh, you know, we'd we'd done the job. We thought on our feet. The initiative. Thanks very much. The powers that be really appreciate it. Blah blah blah. And um, they told us Barry had been relocated. They sent him off to Scotland. So, if he was hoping for a warmer climate, then he was fucked. But they sent him off to Scotland. So they said. But we never heard anything after that about Barry. We we never heard anything come back. And the unwritten rule was, if you shit on your own doorstep like Barry did, then you'd be taken out. And especially if you get other people involved that you really should know better than to get other, other people involved. Because potentially... If this had happened somewhere else, if this had happened in a town <coughs> like, um, I don't know, somewhere that was connected, then they could have started a fucking war, something like that. So it just wasn't tolerated and a sacrificial lamb was always offered. And I don't know whether or not Barry found himself in a field uh, with a can of petrol poured on him. I really have no idea. But we never heard anything about Barry after that. And we went back to doing exactly what we used to do. But the thing is, we never forgot him. And we often talked about him. And we debated whether or not the spinny thing on the finger, gun spinning, was just some sort of figment, figment of a Barry's bullshit or whether it had any basis in fact. He was such a great guy. I mean, we had we had such a huge respect for the man. And then he pulled some shit like that. Incredible. I don't know what happened to the kids. Um, and, you know, we were never... You know, it was on wasn't on the news, it wasn't an all points bulletin, it wasn't on police five. So presumably they never gave us away, or they never gave a description of us to the cops, which they could have done. And the two kids hopefully would have shit themselves away from being involved in uh, any form of organised crime. Because they'd obviously got themselves in bed with the Ruskies at some point. Not that they were Russian, but you know, they'd obviously got themselves in bed with these guys. And uh, that would have only led to very, very bad things. 
So when I look back at that, and I think about it now, I've got to think to myself, the two bad guys, they live by the sword, therefore it's acceptable that they died by the sword. I've got no qualms about that. The two kids, hopefully, got scared straight. And Barry, I'd like to think that he's on some distant fucking Scottish island, even now, in his 90s or whatever, still talking about his days when he used to run with the craze. Crazy guy. That's been it, guys. That's the podcast story for this week. This one's been Barry's story. And uh, there's a lot you can take away from this. There's an awful lot that I took away from it. Classic guy. One of the characters. I can think of maybe three or four guys like Barry that uh, we we kind of got involved in over the years. 